Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of The Money Barrel. As I'm sure most of you have, Kayla has begun her countdown to the NFR. And with that, she is launching a campaign to talk to as many 2020 NFR cowgirls as she can. She starts her trip in Texas with Shelly Morgan. Shelly went to the NFR in 2009, but after a tragedy with her rodeo horse in 2010, 10 years of hard work and perseverance have her and her husband, Rex, fired up to run in Arlington. We're excited to announce that Shelly's episode is being brought to you by our first stallion, Three Bars by Shawnee. Three Bars by Shawnee is a rare found treasure in our industry. He is the last grandson of Three Bars and is bringing the best of the past to the future of your breeding program. The longevity, soundness, and speed of Three Bars is backed with the internal magic of Shawnee Bug in this stallion, giving you a solid dose of Hall of Fame genetics that have become diluted in today's market. Three Bars by Shawnee is proudly owned by Zach and Amber West of New Underwood, South Dakota. They know the importance of raising horses that are capable of being rode for a hard day's worth of work on the ranch, able to go win a barrel race the next day and stay sound for a lifetime doing it. And when they found this hidden gem of a stallion, they did not hesitate to make him available to the public. He is a solid built, stands on a size one shoe and is passing on this substance to his foals. He is currently enrolled in the WPRA PESI program and will be enrolled into more incentives as foals become of age. If you're looking for that old school foundation cross for your modern bred mares, look no further. For your contract to Three Bars to Shawnee, visit his Facebook page or shoot Amber an email at awest74 at hotmail.com. That's A-W-E-S-T 74 at hotmail.com. Now, without further ado, take it away, Kayla. This is The Money Girl. Today, we are able to talk to Shelly Morgan, who is sitting number seven in the WPRA standings, and we're just about six weeks out from the NFR. So thank you for talking to me. And, um, you know, we just wanted to kind of see how everything was going. Well, it's going good right now. It's just kind of slow waiting on it to get here and making sure Kiss and Phoebe are exercised and ready for their 10 rounds. Yeah, I mean, what a crazy year, but I mean, you'll you'll be one of the people that is like, well, 2020 is ending okay. We'll, we'll yes. be able to end on a high note. I think it's going to be exciting. I mean, it's going to be different, so it's definitely going to be one for the, you know, the books. Absolutely. Be remembered. <laughs> so what do you think about it moving to Arlington? Well, I guess, you know, at first I was like, you know, kind of, I don't know. Um, then the more I thought about it, the more I thought, you know, I mean, that's going to be really cool because like I said, it hadn't been here in so long. So, um, I mean, everybody's going to remember 2020, the year of COVID and the NFR in Texas. And I'm just like, I feel honored and happy and I'm um, so many emotions that I get to be a part of that. So, and then also, you know, it's closer to my home. It's still, I mean, well, I make it sound like it's a long way. It's not a long way. It's an hour and a half drive, which 10, 12 nights in a row, that's probably going to get obnoxious. But my horse has the option of coming home every night if that's what I want to do. That's awesome. I mean, yes. that is, that's an awesome 
choice to be able to have. Is that what you're planning on doing or do you know yet still trying to figure it out? Well, I mean, you know, technically for me, it's all about her. And so, um, I mean, I feel like that's probably what would make her happy. Um, so right now at this moment in time, yes, my plan is to bring her home each night. How funny will that be? Like, hey, I got to run over to the NFR to run, but I'll yeah. be home at, at 11. <laughs> I know. See you in true? the morning. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, you know, we'll have family here that can help us. So um, I know there's a couple of times we have to be there in the early morning. So um, I might have, you know, somebody take her home for me and bring her back. But, you know, the main my main goal is to keep her happy, obviously, because without her, Obviously, I'm, or, you know, without them, her and Phoebe, um, pretty much nothing. <laughs> for sure. Well, before we get, I have a ton of questions about this year, but for maybe some of those viewers that don't know you or don't know your history, give us a little rundown. Um, how you grew up, you know, how long have you been barrel racing, all that type of stuff. Okay. Well, I've lived in Canton my whole entire life. In fact, um, my husband and I built a house, you know, where we live now, but where I grew up is probably two or three miles from our house that we live in now. So I've lived in this area. We actually live about 10 miles out in the country of Canton. I've lived here my whole entire life. I went to school in Canton. I grew up on horses pretty much, you know, since I could hold my head up, I was on a horse. Um, my dad was, he grew up around horses. So he probably gets the credit for introducing me to horses. Um, my mom rode some too after she met him. So both of them were into horses. Um, my dad probably put the competitive edge on me. <laughs> and then uh, um, my mom, you know, was always the rock of the house and took care of everything. Um, I've competed in, like I did play days when I was young. And then in high school, um, we did like a um, amateur rodeo association. Mm-hmm. And I never high school rodeo, but I did amateur rodeo during that time. And I'm, I mean, it's just like, I'm, I think I'm addicted to barrel racing. I love it. I mean, I know a lot of people posted during this COVID time, you know, oh my goodness, get over it. It's not your life. And no, they're right. It's not my life, but I sure did miss it. Yeah. Big time. (laughs) So that's kind of my story, but uh, and my husband now, I mean, so when I amateur rodeoed, I met him in high school. Um, and I was amateur rodeo at that time. And of course he would follow me around, um, when we were high school sweethearts and, and, um, then we got married and in 2008, I had a gray horse named short go. And he said, I think it's time for us to try the rodeo circuit pro rodeo circuit. And I, you know, I had never, ever even crossed my mind, never even crossed my mind. And it did when I was younger, but my parents always wanted me to amateur because, you know, to stay in school, obviously. Mm-hmm. And so he gets all the credit that I ever started pro rodeoing with my gray horse named Short Guy. Oh, wow. And then he's been my most huge, biggest support since I started in 2008. And you qualified to the 2009 finals, right? I did. It didn't take I did. very long to, to get up there. <laughs> No, I had an awesome horse named Short Go, and um, in 2008, we went out and got our feet wet our very first year to pro rodeo, and then in 2009, uh, and in 2008, we kind of like faced a few 
um, well, I don't know what you call them, I guess variables. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't know what it took to actually sincerely keep your horse happy and healthy on the road, meaning, you know, stomach, keep them eating, keep them from getting ulcers. I mean, I learned so much. Um, I only was out like two or three weeks. I remember we went to Greeley that year um, and kind of just, I think we were out like two weeks and my horse kind of quit eating. So I'm pretty sure he probably got ulcers. And I learned a lot that year, a whole lot. And then 2009, my husband and I said, okay, we're all in. We're going to try to make it to the NFR. And we did. And then I lost him in 2010 in a freak accident. I think I remember that because he was one of my favorites. He was this, you know, stocky, awesome, just efficient gray horse. Yes. Same run every time. Yeah. Consistent, Mr. Consistency. Yep. Wasn't it uh, like a freak accident with a panel? Yes. We were um, at the rodeo in San Angelo and um, we had been in Tucson, Arizona, and he had already made it back to the short round at Tucson. And um, we actually, we made it back to the short round in San Angelo first. And then we went and ran in Tucson, made it back to the short round in Tucson so we were headed back to San Angelo to run at the short round and um, we turned our horses out in an arena and he had a big, nice pen. I mean, I always walk around and check fences. I pick up anybody else's hay that's in there. Cause I don't ever know whose it was. Mm-hmm. And I put my backup horse in the alleyway, just a you know narrow alleyway beside him. And I put him in, in a big corner pen in an outdoor arena. And um, we went to eat lunch and we got a phone call and he had kicked through a fence and um, got hung up and pulled it down on top of him and broke his back legs. Oh my gosh! I mean, how yeah. awful! I know it was. It was very traumatic. Um, and yeah, and you went from kind of the highest of the high qualifying for the NFR to just a couple months later losing. Them. Yes, exactly. How did you work work through that? I mean, because I can only imagine that kind of sucks your want to, you know, barrel raise kind of out of you. You know, it does. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, they would tell you or, or now if they were would listen to me talk, they would be like, oh, my gosh, you know, your horse is not the most important thing in your life. And no, he was not. I have two kids and a husband and and lots of other family who definitely mean more to me than my horses. But my horses do mean a whole, whole lot to me. And um, I get very, very attached And when I lost him at that moment in my life, I know there was more important things in my life at that moment. But at that moment, that particular moment in my life, I thought the world was coming to an end. Yeah, that he's pretty important to you. I mean, that is a pretty big deal. And I think especially anybody listening to this podcast, I mean, that had to have been really hard. It was very hard. I, I for several days, I just I didn't want nobody around me. Um, you know, except my husband, he's the only one. And I didn't want to hear all the poor you and this happened to me. And I mean, I was probably kind of rude, I guess. I mean, I didn't mean to be, I just, I just didn't want to hear about it. I mean, I thought life cannot go on without short go. There's no way, there's no way life can go on without short go. And, you know, several times I'm like, I got to wake up from this dream. This did not happen. It did not happen. But anyway, you finally snap out of it. You never forget them, but you know, you learn to deal with it. <laughs> so at that time, I mean, cause I know a lot of times when girls focus on rodeoing, you know, you just have your couple rodeo horses versus, you know, young horses. Did you have 
up and coming horses or did you kind of have to start over? Um, at that moment, I mean, I had what I call my backup horse that, mm-hmm. um, I mean, he wasn't, I mean, he was a hit and miss horse. He could do it, but, um, I mean, he was, I don't know how to explain him. He just, it's not one I would take out on the rodeo trail. How does that sound? I yeah. Mean, makes he sense. had talent, but I wouldn't go out with him. Yeah. But it, I took him along. And as far as young, not really. I didn't have any at that time. Um, so I had to start completely over 100%. Start over. So uh, that was 11 years ago. Well, 10 yep. years ago from losing short go. So, you know, kind of fill us in how you got to the horses you have now and kind of what led up to 2020. Well, so, um, you know, barrel horses are really, really expensive. Yes, <laughs> yes they are. Especially the kind that you want to go out on the rodeo trail with. And, um, my income was not really, really high. So, um, I taught school and mm, the teacher salary doesn't buy nice barrel horses. So I have to train my own. Okay. So my dad has always helped me in buying horses always. And so we have had, oh gosh, we have been through numerous, I don't even know how many to count horses that we would train and, you know, and some of them would be awesome and some of them just wouldn't quite have enough speed. Some of them just, you know, in my opinion, when you're looking for the pro rodeo horse that you can actually win on, you're looking for that quarterback of the Super Bowl kind of horse. Yes, yes. So would you look for, you know, like talented three-year-olds or were you looking for things started on the pattern that could finish in season? No, I don't really like to ride behind people. So I would just look for um like talented not necessarily like we didn't at that point um go I mean we didn't do um breeding we just kind of did the confirmation we like confirmation mm-hmm. and so we would buy horses and that's probably why it took me so long because I mean my dad um like I said he he um actually bought and sold horses for a living whenever I was young and so most of those are probably your more your cow bloodlines and that's probably I mean, short go was, he had a little bit of run in him, but he was a lot of cow. And, um, that's why I ran, why I ran into some that didn't have enough speed. I mean, but there are, you know, not, there are lots of cow horses that have plenty of speed and I have, and we'll probably talk about him in just a minute. Cause he's one of these ones I've trained in the middle. Yeah. But, um, anyway, we would just go through them and, um, Mainly good com- confirmation, three, four-year-olds that were good broke is what we would do. Okay. And did you, you know, take them through the fraternity ranks or was your end goal just to get back to being able to rodeo? My end goal was just to get back to being able to rodeo. And he brought at one point, um, I don't even remember how old, I, I think he's a 2007 uh, is, right, is how old Radar was. I think. And so he brought him home. He was a three-year-old. So that probably would have been, and I'm guessing dates, that probably would have been 2010. Okay. He was this wormy looking little sorrel colt, just plain sorrel with a little bit of white in his face. I didn't even lie. I mean, he, I mean, he wasn't what my dad normally bought. He, he wasn't, he wasn't, I mean, he wasn't, I don't know. He didn't look like short go. He just, like I said, he looked like a little wormy colt. So I stuck him over in a pen and I didn't ride him for a long time because I didn't really like him. And um, I went through a couple, maybe one day I got on radar um, and took him through the barrel pattern. And 
in one day, I mean, he picked it up and I could like lope him through and, and he was so smart, so smart. So, so that's how I started with radar. I don't know if you've ever known about radar, but that's who I ran in pro rodeo, um, probably starting in 2011. Okay. Uh, like I said, I'm kind of guessing dates. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually ran him his four-year-old year. year. I, I took him out with another horse with no intention of running him. Um, but I did end up running him at Cody, Wyoming. I ran him at the second round at Greeley. And then I ran him um, the next morning at Cody, Wyoming as a four-year-old. And he actually got like either the last or the next to last hole at Cody. And Cody's like a really, really tough rodeo. So we knew at that point we had something. And so um, that's who I rodeoed on. Um, I missed the NFR by like $1,000 on him. And I don't oh, know what year that was. Yeah, I can't remember what year that was. Um, it might have been 12, but I'm not sure. Anyway, he kind of got sore on me. And we had a lot of feet trouble with him keeping him sound and stuff. But that's who I rodeoed on all the way up until now when I got kissed. I rodeoed on radar. And he okay. was very talented, all cowbred, so fast, so stinking fast. Do you still have him? I do. I do. And w- was he part of you qualifying? Or I mean, he'd be a little bit older now, right? If he was, you know, 2000. Yeah, he's, like he's 12. Okay. He's 12. And, and he could definitely still probably do it um he was he was difficult to ride like he was he was so athletic that and and when he got sore he kind of got into some bad habits because we tried to finish out the year and make it to the nfr and he got into some bad habits at the end of the year where he was ducking some barrels and um he was really hard to keep off of them and every year i would bring him back thinking it could be better it could be better and when he would lay down a run, he was definitely going to place, but it got harder and harder to lay down those runs. And so now that I have kids, I'll, I would, I'll bring radar back every now and then. And I still feel like he could still do it, but and kiss and Phoebe are both like just so much easier. So I tend to just kind of turn him back out and say, never mind, radar. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. You don't have to. <laughs> Uh, so you can't really run three I guess you can but I don't go that quite that much yeah so 2019 um you know it looks like you had a pretty good year finished in the top 30 and qualified to the winter rodeos was it your goal you know cracking out this year to like go for the NFR I'm assuming so since you know rodeo is kind of your main thing or were you just trying to season some horses like what was your thoughts going into this year Well, no, my thoughts were going into this year were, I mean, to definitely try. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, um, I I won't come out. I won't rodeo. Well, I guess I did with Radar, but I knew he had the talent. Like, if I don't feel like my horse can, like, win money, I can't afford to just go out. And so I have to have some kind of, like, assurance that she's going to be able to pick up some checks and, and pretty much pay for most of my way. Did I have any idea she would do as good as she's done? Absolutely not. She blew me out of the water. Her and Phoebe both, you know, Kiss was the main one I ran most of the time. But, but of course, when we went out this, we're like, well, let's try. Let's see what happens and try. And then, we're, oh, my goodness. So tell us a little bit about Kiss. Um, what, how she bred, what, what's her registered name, stuff like that. Okay, so I got Kiss, you know, um, when I was struggling with radar. 
I couldn't seem to find a horse to train. And my brother-in-law, who's married to my, my only sister, um, introduced me to a guy in Louisiana named Mike Hayes, Mike and Liz Hayes. And I went down to their house in Louisiana and I picked up Kiss and her half-brother boss. They were both three. And I was going to train them for them and fraternity them. And um, so when I when they brought when they bought Boss out, he was the gilding. Oh, he was really pretty and well made. And they brought Kiss out, and I looked at Ray. Uh, I looked at Rex, my husband, and I went, "Ugh!" And she was this tall. I'm tall, skinny, lanky. Um, she kind of had like a big chest and and not a real big hip. I mean, she wasn't like totally ugly. <laughs> okay. But she, but she wasn't a looker off the Yeah, off Mike the and Liz, if y'all are listening, I love her to death, but she just <laughs> wasn't. I mean, she just, I, if I had walked up, I probably would not have picked her out. So I got on her at his house, at Mike's house, and she tossed her head. And I thought, she's fixing to buck me off. So I just told him, like, look, I'll take them home and I'll train them. I'll put her in the round pen, kind of get the freshness off of her. He had had a guy from Brazil that had actually started her as a two-year-old. But the guy had been gone for a while, so Kiss hadn't been rode in a while, so she was fresh. Anyway, long story short, I took her home. It wasn't two weeks I told my husband. I'm like, okay, this is it. This is the first horse in, I guess, um, so I got her in, gosh, I can't keep all my years straight, 14? No. Okay. No. Wait. She was born in 14. She's six. I got her when she was three, so that would be so 17. 17. Yeah, 17. so that was 17, so it had been um, almost nine years since Shortgo died, and I had played around, like I said, with Radar. Anyway, I told Rex that this is the first horse that has ever made me think of Shortgo. Now, she runs, like, she is just like, she just goes and does it. She just goes mm-hmm. and does the pattern, which is what Shortgo did. You don't think, you don't have to really ride, you just, she just does it for you. She's totally different personality than short go. Short go love crowds. Kiss hates crowds. But <laughs> I mean, Kiss loves for you to walk up and pet her, but to go run in a in a building full of people right now, that's still not her strong point. We're working on that, but it's still not her strong point. She'd rather run in slack. And well, she is only six. We'll give her a little bit right, of credit. Right. <laughs> and I'm hoping she comes out of that sometime real soon, like maybe by it, yes. before December third. <laughs> Maybe being in Arlington and not having that crowd on top of her will be a advantage for you. But it was just kind of a, two weeks after I started riding her, it was just kind of like, Rex, this is it. This is her. And so I rode her from, I think I got her, well, I got her like March or April of that year. And I rode her all the way till December. And he had entered her in the juvenile in Oklahoma City. I told Rex, I'm like, I mean, I've never been to the juvenile. I've never, ever, ever competed in the juvenile. And so I, I'm like, I've never had a three-year-old that runs like this. I'm going to kick everybody's rear. I am going <laughs> to kick everybody's rear. <laughs> well, I went to Oklahoma City, and everybody kicked my rear. <laughs> little, little did I know what those three-year-olds can do. Holy yeah. cow. It is something else, let me tell you. But it was a very humbling experience that I wasn't Miss Hot Pants like I thought I was. <laughs> but, oh, well, you know, we, so we actually, I told Rex, I was like, we got to buy her before I run her in Oklahoma City because she's going to, she's going to, you know, 
clean slate everybody and then they're going to want more for her well, I should have. So we did that, but maybe I might should have waited till after. <laughs> maybe she would have been cheaper. But no, she. I, I honestly didn't know three year olds can run like that. I didn't like those other three year olds. <laughs> and uh, but anyway, then she's won some money. Her after that, me and her kind of understood each other. And her four year old year, she won some fraternity money, and then. We got her feet wet in fall of her four-year-old year, just took her to some small slack rodeos. We tried not to let mm-hmm. her mind. Her five-year-old year, obviously, we didn't qualify for the winter rodeos then, but we decided to go out and play that summer. Oh, my goodness. She, I mean, she, I, I'm telling you, she, she's kind of like she makes you feel like a kid just with a big old smile on your face. That's how she makes you feel. I mean, yeah, she like went on a rampage. She did. And I mean, when she won Salinas, like I'm a crier. I cry about everything. I had to go do the dang interview and get my buckle. And I had to like, I'm like, Shelly, come on now. You are too old for this. Wipe those tears off your face and act like you've done this before. <laughs> I mean, every, oh, that's awesome. Everything she did last summer in 2019, I was like, Oh my gosh. Oh my, oh my gosh. And then this year, so, you know, I went out like when COVID hit, I was number 15. And so when I went out, I'm like, you know, I'm right there ready to get kicked out. Were the winter rodeos tougher? Cause you said, you know, she doesn't do that well with crowds and such. I mean, was that harder for her? Did you play some this winter? Obviously you did. Cause you were 15th. Like you just said, um, but I mean, was that difficult? And then all of a sudden the world comes to a halt and you're like, what now? Yes. So, so actually my winter was not great at all. Um, I won most of my money in the fall rodeos, the outdoor fall rodeos. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, before the winter ever got here. Um, she really didn't do very good at all. She won a little bit of money at San Antonio. She didn't win anything at um, Fort Worth. She won a little bit in the first round. You know, the first round at San Angelo is slack. And, and yeah. so she won some there. But when she had to come back to the perf, she's like, nah. Uh, my dad, he'll call me and he'll go, well, you know, everybody else's horse is just like, you can tell they're like running and really trying. And then Kiss looks like she's just out for a Sunday stroll. And I'm like, <laughs> well, thanks, Dad. That's because she is. She is out for a dang Sunday stroll. She wished all those people would just go away and be quiet. <laughs> but then, yes, then the world came to this. She did okay at Houston. We were trying to get our groove on, you know, figuring that out and all. Um, mm-hmm. And then, like you said, the world came to an end. And, you know, then there was the summer. And like I said, I don't, I don't even know how to describe it. She just makes me feel like a little kid with a big grin on my face. Yeah, she, I mean, she did it again because, what, you placed at Prescott, Cody, Westcliff, Spanish, Bernal. I mean, you you guys just, like, yeah. placed everything. And then, then she won some of them. Now, you talk about blow me yeah. away. I mean, when she did so good at Vernal, well, I mean, you know, you, Rex had to hold me down out of the clouds. And then when she went and won um, Phillipsburg, Kansas, like she did. Yep. Oh, well, I mean, I don't even, once again, there are no words. There are no words. I just love her to death. And sometimes I'm like, 
I mean, I, I thought I would never get this opportunity again. And I am beyond thankful to her because I know, you know, without her, obviously, I couldn't do none of this. But she, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how I yeah. ended up being her person, but I love it. <laughs> hey, I mean, I think that's so important to just, you know, kind of realize what you had. And obviously, you know, you've been through it before with short go and then it took 10 or 12 years to find something else. So, you know, they don't come around right. that often. No, they don't. So, no, they don't. To realize what you have, I think is so important. What did you do to prepare for the summer? I mean, there was nowhere to go. Did she get the time off? Did you just ride her? I mean, do you rope on them or do you just kind of let them be horses? Well, no, um, she got, you know, obviously. So, well, you know, the deal with the summer, I mean, with the COVID shutdown is I, you didn't know when it was going to start back up. So, yep, I didn't true. just turn her out, but. Um, I don't really hardly ever work her on the pattern. We don't hardly, me and her hardly, I mean, I can't even really remember the last time we went in the arena here at my house. I have a, um, I actually live on my grandparents' land. It's like 170 or 80 acres. And in the back, there's like mm -hmm. some little hills where it's, you know, where the cows are and all. And her and I will um, trot up and down those hills and just keep her, I mean, we ride in the pasture so much. And I didn't like hammer on her, so I would just kind of keep her in like what I call kind of shape. That way she could have off, but yet not be totally out of shape because we didn't know when everything was going to start back up. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Let her have a little bit of a break, yes. but then, yeah. you know, be ready to go. So at what point of the year did you realize like, heck, we might have, you know, we're, or we're in it um, because same thing, you know, we didn't know how many rodeos there was going to be or, you know, did you just go to whatever they had or did you have a plan? Um, well, I mean, you know, we have, we have a little bit of a plan. Um, I mean, basically, I mean, basically you could pretty much enter everything they had um, because mm -hmm. they were kind of spread out. Now it was a lot of driving this year. And it's like I told somebody else, like instead of like some people being able to go to Oregon and some people going to the Dakotas and, you know, some staying in Texas or wherever and, and people being split. Instead, we were all together this year. Everybody, everybody was everywhere. And, and so, yep. you know, I'm like, I mean, I didn't know she could compete like that or not. I, I really, I mean, I thought if, you know, if like we could sneak off and then the other people, yeah, sure she could, but like with everybody, she, I'm telling you, I know I've said this so many times, people are probably tired of hearing it. She just blew my doors off how she's done this year. Just, and, and when we came, we came, actually came home after, um, Saxton and, uh, and okay. Lawton. And we thought, I mean, we didn't think there was enough rodeos left to, to push me all the way out. Um, but, mm -hmm. um, when I came home the next weekend, was a big rodeo, I think somewhere in Idaho. And I got moved like three spots in one weekend. Well, I, I went to panic mode. I'm like, <laughs> okay, Rex, I can't do this. We got, we got to go back out. But so obviously, you know, you have to enter like two or three weeks in advance. So I couldn't just like go right back out. I had to start entering again. And yeah. two, all these people. So I would watch the Cowboy Channel and all these people running and all these people winning and all these people pushing my name further and further down. And I started panicking. And, um, so we did enter, um, I think some rodeos actually in Idaho. And then, um, I went to Guyman 
So that's only like, oh, probably six or seven hours from my home. I went to Guyman and was going to come back home. And then the next weekend is when I was going to go out again. Well, she won Guyman. And so I told Rex, I'm like, okay, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, she's like, don't worry, Mom, I got this. I mean, just, got this. I don't, like I said, I don't even, she won Guyman. And then, so we, we did not, we turned out of those rodeos. And then we went to Elk City and she won Elk City. I, I looked at Rex and I'm like, Rex, I don't, I don't even know what, I don't even know how to describe how I feel. I have no idea. Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. That, I mean, that's so exciting. So do you, you kind of already answered it, but do you call and enter yourself in your own schedule or do you have somebody that helps you with Rex that? Rex does all of that. He plans everything out. He used to not even really go over it with me. He would just kind of enter. He's gotten to where lately um, he goes over it with me kind of, I guess, because of radar. Because, I mean, we went so many years on radar and radar would go out there and start ducking or hitting barrels. And, you know, Rex was like, really, Shelly? And I'm oh, no, we got to keep going. He, he can do it. I know he can do it. I know he can do it. So that's when, I, I mean, I'm like a diehard. I just, I can't quit. I have to try those years on radar. I have to go do you have to go give it a try. <laughs> and so he, yeah. he kind of, ever since then, goes over the schedule. But he does all my entering and my planning. He drives me everywhere. He goes with me everywhere. I mean, people, I know people get tired of that he, too. But really, it's it's so true that if it wasn't for him, there was there's no way I would do what I've done. No way. Well, that, I mean, that's so important for people to hear, I think, because, you know, a lot of times the barrel racer, or mainly the barrel racer's horse is the one in the spotlight, but it, it takes a team. It takes a village for, to win at any level, but the pro rodeo level, I mean, even exactly. more so. Exactly. I don't worry about, I mean, it's the little stuff and it's the little stuff that matters. I don't, I don't worry about where, how to get to the rodeos. I don't worry about if we're going to have a flat tire. I don't worry about where the entrance for the trailer is. I mean, I know that sounds corny, but it's, it just, all I worry about is my horse and my run. And that means a lot because all that other stuff, yeah. you know, it's a lot for the girls. And I know I'm very lucky and I'm very, 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 very blessed in that direct, you know, in that area. Yeah. That takes a lot of stress off of you to just be able to focus on exactly. your job. It really does. And I know. So when you're, when you're on the road and traveling, um, what do you do to keep your horses sound and healthy and in shape? I mean, this year we had way more traveling than, like you said, you normally would because there's only so many rodeos. How do you kind of approach keeping, you know, your horse happy on the road? And what, what did you learn from, you know, the first time you made that? Um, so I, I keep her on stomach medicine to prevent those ulcers that I learned about the first year mm -hmm. I went out. Um, I try to keep hay in front of her at all times. Um, actually, I try with Kiss. She's like really, really, really long. I'm, I mean, like you put her in one stall on the trailer and believe it or not, like she'll rub her hocks on the back of the door. She's so long. So I try when I'm hauling to give her two stalls. Now, it doesn't always happen because, um, you know, sometimes you have to have your stud stall and sometimes you haul with other people. So, you know, there's not room for her to have two. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I pack their feet a lot and I ice her feet. I try my best to ice her feet every time she runs. Um, I know that it seems like, um, with, with both of my horses that I rodeoed on before, 
it's like their feet just I guess all the pounding from all the runs is it's like their feet get bruised and so I just really try to focus on keeping their feet as happy as they can be because I mean you know if you don't have tires under your horse then you don't have a horse so I focus on that a whole lot so that and keeping her stomach happy are my main two goals as far as like exercising her um I mean, I felt like we had enough rodeos that in the middle, if I did anything, I would get on another horse and I would just pony her around the arena, usually mainly at a walk. Sometimes I would try it. I don't, I don't really exercise them a whole lot. I kind of give them those days. If they get to rest, I let them rest that day because they have so much traveling and, and running. I feel like they deserve it in the middle. Yeah, absolutely. So when you pack their feet, uh, what do you pack their feet or kind of how does, so I try to bring her back to the trailer mean? after I run her and I try to ice her legs and her front feet. Um, sometimes I would ice them before I run. Um, I try always to ice them after I run. And then um, if mm-hmm. I was going to put her on the trailer or if she was going to have several days off, I'll pack it with magic cushion. Um, and sometimes like, okay. if I'm going to, if I'm going to be like in a gravelly area and I know that then um, instead of putting pads on her feet, I will put magic cushion in her feet and I will go to several rodeos in a row or, you know, and I might do it like that. So say, I know I'm fixing to make three runs in a row. I might pack her feet the day before, let it get nice and hard with magic cushion. That way, when she runs, she has that cushion between her sole and the ground. And then when we're done that weekend, I might pull it out and then, do it again before the next weekend. And then sometimes I do it while she's resting. It just kind of depends. Um, I do use that Epsom salt poultice as well. And so sometimes I'll pack her feet with Epsom salt poultice and just put like a diaper and some, um, vet wrap around it to haul her in. Just, you know, just trying to make her feet feel good. Just. Yeah. I mean, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. And a lot of people, I think, talk about leg care and, you know, icing their legs, pulling yep. on their legs, wrapping their legs, but like their feet yes. also have to stay, feel good. I mean, otherwise yep. you're yep. out of luck. I just think that well. extra layer of protection, anything I can protect. And I would ask her, like you said, I would ask her legs. And sometimes if I didn't ask it, I would poultice her legs. So, you know, funny thing about her is you have to be careful what you put on her legs. We found out she blisters extremely easy, really easy. So usually oh. I can only, the only thing I know for sure that doesn't blister her is the mud. Um, but I try to use mm-hmm. ice as much as I can. So what are you doing to get ready for the NFR in 10 runs in a row? Well, I mean, what, what so do the next I've six weeks look like for you? I've been letting her hang out. Um, I hadn't been doing a whole lot with her. Um, this week, I did start exercising her. I mean, like, I haven't let her just go, like, I mean, I don't believe in just letting them get completely fat out of shape and can't breathe. Because um, mm-hmm. then it's too hard on them to try to get them back in shape. And then, also, she just ran at Waco. I mean, so I ran, like, at Guyman, and then I was off two weeks, and then I ran at Elk City, and then I was off for two weeks, and I ran. So, I mean, she's, like, she hasn't run a lot, but she has run here and there. And so I've just kind of kept her in what I call okay shape where she could do that. Um, this week I've <clears throat> started yep. a little more exercise next week. I'll add more and then, um, and then I'll, I'll keep adding, um, 
I mean, like I said, I'm not like just going to drive her in the ground, but I am. I mean, she does have to make 10 rounds and we do not know what size the pattern is yet. And so, you know, I feel like my best advantage to have her in the best shape possible as far as lungs, you know, legs, body condition, everything. So that'll be my goal until the week before. And then I'll tone it down Absolutely. The before. Right. Give her a little bit of rest and then be That's my ready to go. I mean, it's a little bit different. Um, last NFR to this NFR, obviously the location and, you know, crowds. I'm assuming there won't be right. a bunch of autograph signing. Um, have you heard anything about the schedules or will you go um, and practice? Well, I'm her? hoping to get to. I mean, obviously not because she needs to learn the barrel pattern. Mm -hmm. But just she's still really quirky yeah. when it comes to... Um, um, people, you know, a big crowd, loud, loud. And so short go was like, oh yeah, people, mm -hmm. yes, I'm going to win this one. You know, the more people, the better. I'm like, would y'all just please scream as loud as you can? Cause he'll run faster. And with kiss, I'm like, could y'all all go to the bathroom when it's kisses turn to run and turn the music off, please, Mr. Announcer. <laughs> uh, so, you know, if yeah. I can get her in the arena, we do have a practice on, um, oh shoot. I think it's December the 1st. Um, we have a practice. That's the only one scheduled okay. right now. But, um, we, you know, we're just now getting our emails. They're having fun trying to get all this worked out at the last minute. Um, but I, they say there'll be more to come. So yeah. we're just, just kind of, kind of wait. Um, I will take her to the first practice for sure. Get her in the arena, show her the walls. Not so much for the pattern. I mean, I obviously will go around the pattern, but just let her get in there and see everything and, you know, know it's going to be okay. As far as like when the next practice is, mm -hmm. uh, it'll just depend on what's going, like how it's going, uh, on whether or not I hassle her. Because yeah. Obviously, if I'm going to be at home, so it's not like, you know, when, of course, when, when we were in Vegas, I take that back. I stayed off site, so I had to haul in. But, you know, if we have another practice, it'll be early morning. Well, that'll just be another drive up there for her. So if I can avoid it, I probably will. Yeah. But we'll see. Yeah, that makes sense. Be able to adjust a little bit. I still think it's so awesome. I mean, I know it's an hour and a half, but for oh, her yes. to be able to go home, I mean, that, yes, that's is. really cool. I know. Crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. I'm, I'm really <laughs> excited. I mean, I think Texas is going to like, you know, put on a show and I'm just excited I get to be part of it. Yeah. Will you have your backup horse there then as well? Um, or, you know, are you going to take two or three of them or who do you have as so I well have Fee, going with who you? also ran this summer some and you know helped with the process she won a little bit of money too and um she's seven and yes she will go to practice on on the first as well um we kind of have it in our mm -hmm. mind right now um to possibly pull her out in the middle we're not sure so um kiss like i told you is just like you just get on and point and shoot and she goes and does it for you Phoebe, I have to jockey a little more and pay attention a little more. Um, Kiss is misconsistency. You know, Phoebe, I have to really, I don't know, work sometimes. So, obviously, Kiss is my, um, the one you, you know, fall back on really easy. It'd be really easy to run her all 10 rounds because I feel like she'll be really consistent and she'll give me the best chance at the average. But, yes, I will have mm -hmm. my backup horse, Phoebe, with me. And I don't know yet what I'm if I'm going to run her or not. But she will go to practice and say there's a one in the middle and she hadn't ran yet. She'll probably get to go to that practice too in case I run her. 
Okay, that makes sense. And do you, are they doing a grand? Well, you know, we got an year? email heard? on um, that. Um, you know, those black horses that buck everybody off the street. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, um, yeah. We got an email that said, you know, obviously those will be only for the rest stock riders. That we need to plan on bringing our own um, grand entry horse. And uh, then we sometime there's I can't remember if it was the second or third. We have grand entry practice, so I assumed it would be normal. And then, obviously, though, somebody posted um, on, you know, Facebook where everything's true. <laughs> that, yeah, yes. Yeah. The, the Bible I didn't know whether to say that or not. But anyway, um, that <laughs> there was not going to be, it was going to be a horseless grand entry. So, I honestly have, we haven't heard. I mean, I thought there was going to be horses by the emails we got. But, hey, I, I have no idea. Uh, so the grand entry at the first NFR I went to was, was one of the funnest things I did. So I kind of hope it's, you know, like always, I love it. Yeah. Everybody loves the grand entry. Like awesome. And what are you doing to prepare for you? I mean, I know, like you said, we don't really know what the schedule is, but I'm sure you still have quite a few things going on. I mean, what will you do well, to I help yourself I be prepared? I went out on the road. Of course, you know, we stay busy and physical and all that, but um, I work out normally and I kind of got out of my workout routine. So I'm definitely getting back into that and getting back in shape um, so that I'm in good physical condition along with my horse. And besides that, I mean, I don't know. I feel like we're, I'm, I'm so confident in Kiss. Kiss just, you know, so when I ran Radar and the way he got after he kind of got sore and he got a little bit dishonest and all, I didn't realize how much he broke my confidence in barrel racing and, and created some bad habits that I formed. And until I started running kiss, I didn't realize how much confidence I had lost in myself and my horses and kiss has just put all that back. So, I mean, when I, it's like, instead of it being nerve wracking, sometimes it was nerve wracking to run radar because, you know, you didn't know he, he just ran real hard and you just hoped he went where he was supposed to go. He did sometimes and sometimes he didn't. And with Kiss, I mean, it's not stressful. You just, you, you just was, you just go have fun. You just go do your thing. You go do the best you can do and let everything fall like it does. Well, that will be exciting. I won't keep you too much longer because I'm sure you're busy, but what are a couple things that you have to have in your trailer? And it doesn't have to be horse related, but like a couple things oh, that gosh. you cannot leave home oh, without. That one caught me off guard. Let me think on that one. Well, um, I like to have my own water in my trailer, if any way possible. Um, obviously, my saddle and bridle. Um, my reins, I have to have my reins. And you, you can't use my reins. You can't mess them up. <laughs> because when I get on the length that I like to run them in, they never go back to that length. And I will sit in the back. And I'll shorten them and I'll let them out. And I'll shorten them and I'll let them out. Don't use my rain. Just don't use them. <laughs> They're purple <laughs> and it's obvious which ones they are. So don't use my rain. So um, that's a big deal. Um, I shoot, what else is there? Um, God, I'm going to think of something after we get off of here and I'll be like, well, shoot, I should have said that. Um, I mean, other than that, it's probably just the basics. Um, you know, her saddle, her pad. I don't really run her. I mean, she has to run on Lasix because she's a bleeder. So I can't leave without that for sure. 
that's what I was going to ask you too. Do you have any like pre-run, um, I was going to say medications or, or supplements or like your pre, what is your pre-run well, routine um, so, to get her ready? Um, obviously, like I said, which she's a bleeder. Um, I mean, we've scoped her several times and so she has to run on Lasix. Um, I do use Equipulman some, um, I use flare strips to, um, she was a real noisy breather when she was three and four years old. And, um, a lot of vets kept telling me, I took her to the vet and they said it was just nasally. So they would have me try the flare strips. So I kind of just gotten addicted to those. Um, and she does breathe better when, you know, now that they probably open her up and she's gotten older and all that. Um, I also started on a product, but this is not really, um, pre-race. It's, it's every day. It's made by Stride Animal Health. It's called Lifeline Plus. And I really think like, I okay. think that she was, um, like an, an allergy kind of horse. Just, you know, she would cough when she ate and, um, it mainly in the springtime and early summer, she would always cough. And I think that a, a lot of time contributed to her bleeding. Cause that's when she seemed to bleed most is that time of year. So I started on that Lifeline Plus and I put it in her feet every day. And I really do believe it's just helped her overall health. It's helped her feel better. Um, I also think that when I go up north to those rodeos, that she doesn't bleed as much as she does down here in in Texas in the humidity and all. But other than that, she yeah. doesn't get anything else. I love it. Yeah. Just keep her healthy yep. and happy and sound. Yeah, that is what so she have is. Fun is. What it sounds like. That is just what describes her. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for talking to me today. I'm really excited to share this and even more excited to watch, you know, watch you guys run down the, the alley. I was going to say the alley at the Thomas and Mac, but not the Thomas yeah, and Mac. Yeah, <laughs> The alley at Arlington this year. Globe Life Field. All right. Thank you thanks very so much, Jelly. We'll be cheering you on. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Remember to go check out Three Bars by Shawnee on Facebook and contact Amber West to get your contract today. If you're looking for an affordable option to get your stallion or business in front of thousands of people in the equine industry, reach out to us on social media or send us an email at themoneybarrel at gmail.com. Be sure to click that like button and share the money barrel with your friends. We'll see you next time.